Live from the Huntington Hilltop. Coming to you from in Irvine, Indonesia. Irvine, Indonesia. <laughs> it's been a long I gotta time. Come up, I got to come up with a better one than that. That's okay. Done yet. It's, you've been saying uh, rust and testing for a long time. Yep. No more. Good riddance. Shit. It's all over my keyboard. I'm drinking a uh, ginger beer. It's not beer. But it's tasty. So it's like a... Uh, what's what's the brand of it? Is it that yellow bottle? Mm, spectacular. And little what's tiny... What's the name? Spectacular? Yeah. There is... Um, kind of a petite feminine quality to this. It's good though. What do you mean by petite feminine quality? This is like an 8 ounce can and it's kind of like a purple pink with um, perky writing. Huh. It was in the fridge. I needed a drink. Gotta have a drink when you do the show. Yeah. I am drinking a uh, Milar Latte. Oh, that's uh, that sounds super fancy. Is it, that, it uh, is. Is that super expensive? It's high class shit. It's for uh, high class white people. <laughs> <laughs> I got a link um, for you. Okay, it's a Russian site. Uh. This was a little tricky for me to find this link because Google censors password dumps, but I got to translate it to English. So you're opening that in Chrome because I found out that Brave does not have a built-in Google Translate because they oh, stripped all the Google right. parts out. It doesn't because if I'm in Brave, if you right-click the open, yeah, <clears throat> if you right-click the open space, you can click Translate to English, but it doesn't work. Okay, so the site I sent you, it this is the only source I can find that has a link to. The uh, 2.7 billion account password dump. Let that number sink and in there. That's, uh, that's, that's a lot. That's a crazy number. There's yeah. a lot of duplicates. So apparently there's 773 million uniques. Interesting. Where was this? Where were these? This is just... From just numerous websites, at least from the image, it looks like that's the case. Yeah, it's from a lot of websites. There's porn sites, all kinds of sites that had their databases dumped. And then hmm. somebody has decrypted uh, all of them, as far as I can tell. Although, technically, so I, I'm looking at two different dumps right now. This 88 or 87 gig one, the 2.3 billion. That's actually not the one that's in the comments here. There's a torrent linked in here that's bigger. This, <laughs> this 87 gig, 2.7 billion thing is the one that's in the news right now. And in the fucking comments, the guy drops a link to a magnet link to a 640 gig password dump. Huh. Well, All decrypted. Russians are great, aren't they? Fantastic. I love their writing. Scrolling through all these comments. Cyrillic. It looks like gibberish. It translates really nicely when you use the Google Translate. If you were like 70% blind and all you could see was blurry shit, 
this would look like English to you if you like it, it would be in, indistinguishable. Yeah, I could pass. This looks like a bunch of random English characters. Oh, and, uh, apparently, an hour ago, somebody posted a link that I don't have a uh, a torrent for. They posted a link to a one terabyte dump. I'm trying to get my hands what's on that the, one. Uh, what's the what's um, the like? What's the uh, website that's hosting it? Because as far as I know, all the torrent sites are done now. Like all of the ones that were good, they're. I was all just on the Pirate Bay. It's compromised. Totally. Because yeah, I got sure. a notice first time in like I want to say like. 10 years that I've gotten a notice from my ISP about uh, uh, downloading something. I didn't even seed it. I downloaded it. I think I got a honey. It was a honeypot. And, um, oh, your tentacle porn habit? No, it was a movie. It was a uh, movie. Some shit tentacle movie. Porn. It was a uh, tag, the tag movie that I, I like. That I lost interest after like watching it for 15 minutes. Um, and it was literally two days after I downloaded it and watched it, I got an email from uh, Spectrum. Well, you should be using an outline so, VPN because I'm doing all of my <clears throat> torrenting over a VPN right now. I have CyberGhost. That's the VPN I use. But their torrent servers are only in Amsterdam and they are garbage. And it, like, I have to literally leave my machine on for a full day to download like one super compressed use vulture uh, start up an instance use vulture as my vpn yeah you start up a two dollar and fifty cent instance pick any region in the world japan yeah fuck it uh the netherlands you start it you copy and paste you sshn you copy and paste the one-liner to get outline to work then you uh enable you just on windows you just or whatever operating system connect to your new outline server, the VPN service that, uh, that Google security research company made. They're like, they're owned by alphabet. So they're tangentially related to Google. Anyway, you use their product, you pipe all your system traffic into the Netherlands or Japan and do your torrenting on your local machine. Or you could just run the torrent off the remote box. But that's only a solution if you're using, uh, like a computer. Like I, the the whole reason why I got a VPN to begin with was because I wanted my iPad and my iPhone to be usable at work. You can. You just add. You have unlimited keys. You can add unlimited devices to your two dollar and fifty cent Vulture instance. As long as you have the Vulture manager, you just keep clicking add a new key, huh. and you just copy and paste the the key link. You just text it to yourself. And then you open the outline app and it adds a outline VPN uh, profile, the VPN profile into iOS. And then the outline app is how you go through your library of VPNs in any region in the world because they're on your VPS and you just touch the one you want to enable. It disconnects you from the previous one, connects you to the new one. I'm on, I'm on a VPN 24 seven now. So this is all app, my own. Cause I didn't even know they had an app that, until now this yeah, is managed desktop? by some random guy this is not an official app 
Are you talking about outline? Talking about the vulture manager. No, 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 no. Yeah, you can't use vulture. You got to use the website. There's no VPS uh, mobile app. Says the VPS manager. Yeah, it's because some third party is using their uh, API. Huh. Okay. You could use it. You're trusting them with API access keys, though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm currently getting the 640 gig. Um, the big, big DB, as they call it. Uh, I did some searches over a 40 gig database that I downloaded that finished in like an hour. There were a lot of cedars. I found that on some other, uh, another Russian website. Okay. Excellent sources for, uh, for torrent links because all the English based ones are apparently censoring things like Reddit. That's, that's owned by Condé Nast. So you're never going to get any, anything slightly cool or edgy through there because it's all censored. And if there is anything slightly cool or edgy, it's a honeypot because everything on Reddit's super censored. I don't even go on there anymore. Yeah, I it's a total waste of time. I don't go there. It, it is. It really is. I'm like the one subreddit that I actually like I'm banned from as well. <laughs> so <laughs> Wait, you're talking about the Donald. Yes. How did you get banned from I, the Donald? I posted something unacceptable for any of the mods that <laughs> was too offensive for them. <laughs> 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 That's your life goal to just get banned from everything. I get, I get, I get a minimum of a seventy-two hour ban from every service I've ever used, at least where I have social interaction. We should come up with a, a list, a big fat list, and then I'm gonna start making trophies for you. <sighs> yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> I like offending people. The problem is it's, there's too many on the list. I may have I to like come up with one one trophy that is like 10 at a time. I like soliciting uh, ill will out of people. It makes me see that that's how, how you really know how someone is, at least a man, is how easily you can offend them. Like... Obviously, if I'm like at a family gathering or something like that, or I'm with a bunch of people that I know I'm going to have to see again and and have some sort of rapport with, I'm not going to do that. But if it's a bunch of strangers, I don't give a fuck like at all. I just think I picture myself like what if I was in school? Like with the mentality that I have now, what if I was in school, you know, like in my uh, 15 year old self? You wouldn't be there long. No, I wouldn't. Okay, so the thing I was trying to get at, where do you download these things, Nate? Mega. How long has it been since we talked about Mega? Like Mega Upload? Yeah. Mega.nz. It used to be .co.nz. It's just .nz now. Wasn't that uh, that fat guy? that yeah. uh, Kim.com. Kim, Kim.com. Yeah, that's it. He got raided. There was some kind of uh, collaboration between the FBI and the New Zealand government, and they flew helicopters to his enormous mansion. <laughs> they took everything. Then he rebuilt the whole business, and supposedly everybody who subscribes is, uh, I guess, end-to-end -end encrypted. I don't know. Not, none of that's important because I don't have any of those notes prepared. What is kind of cool, though, about their services, my 
cloud disk or whatever they call it, my storage, it's used 100%. Technically, when I look at the used storage section below where it says it's 100% used, it says I'm using 108% of my drive, of my cloud storage. Say that again. I just had... I'm using 108% of my cloud drive. How is that possible? (laughs) I don't know. Apparently, they let me hit save on some files. Like, they must have had a quota at some point where you could over-provision or, like, have... You could put too much shit in your in your drive. And then they send you these threatening emails that they're going to delete files in order to make space. But... Huh. How many years has it been since we talked about this? Like, about Mega? They haven't deleted anything. I'm still using 108%. It's not like I could keep using more. I'm pretty sure I'd have to delete all this, but that's kind of cool of them. And it's this, cool that you can even go beyond 100%. Mega is what these guys are using because you can clone 100 or one terabyte with a mouse click in your account. You just have to pay for the storage. And then it kind of like forks it to your account. It counts mm-hmm. against your storage. But after somebody reports the link of the original person, only their content gets revoked, not yours. Huh. So somehow they're supposedly encrypting it while simultaneously deduping the contents because they can match whether or not it's the same. I'm not sure how that works. I'm a little suspicious of that. Uh... It says that Mega Upload is a Hong Kong company. Could be. Because I know Kim.com, he's New Zealander. Or no, he's German, but he lives in New Zealand, right? I think so. They must have moved somewhere where it was too politically hot for them. Maybe Hong Kong, too close to the Chinese government so that they're not going to help the FBI raid Kim.com again. I don't know. But supposedly Kim.com shouldn't have any insight into what their users are storing because it's allegedly encrypted. But do you remember how you find things on Mega? Because Mega by itself is like Dropbox. There's no search. You can't find other people's stuff. Yeah, I remember using Mega Upload, but Mega is different. It might as well be an offshoot. Yeah. You have to use these weird third-party sites where people contribute their links and they produce a search index. They're mostly full of porn, but you can go in there and type collection and get all these, I don't know, TV shows. Looks like, yes, yes, Triple X Collection, 1080p Blu-ray. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Lots of good stuff on there. I kind of doubt it. It's probably all malware. (laughs) (laughs) Who uploads some really obscure, bizarre porn, like fucking two girls, one cup type stuff. (laughs) Just, just fringe of the internet shit. (laughs) Isn't that what Imager was uh, accused of? No, or was it Tumblr? Tumblr. Yeah, that's yeah, where uh, John C. Dvorak always goes. For porn his, stuff on there. His pornado. His porn storm. Uh, that's funny. 
it's funny just him at, at his age looking at porn is this the idea of that's funny too <laughs> like analyzing it <laughs> all right what else is on our list uh you had car stuff you wanted to talk about uh yeah the and home kit uh the 29 or is it 2020 toyota supra they're bringing it back let's link it to you so you can see what i'm talking about <clears throat> uh, here we go car and driver so this car was like an icon of the 90s channel and they've they're redoing it for 2020 but it's a toyota but the entire car the engine like the drivetrain pretty much all of the interior is made by bmw and so it's kind of interesting because i guess bmw they, they went with bmw because they wanted an inline six motor for it um and the original uh toyota supra had an inline six same displacement um three liter but the first one the original one was a twin turbo this one is a single dual vane turbo and uh really i don't know what to think of it and bmw is not known for the reliability i don't really know what toyota was thinking because they didn't need to come out with this it whatever market there's going to be to buy this car there's for the the price of this thing it's going to be over fifty thousand dollars they're i don't think they're going to sell very many of these i think it's going to be a flop but if I'm gonna buy a Toyota, I want some. I want because Toyota is known for their engines. Like that's that they make reliable engines, reliable and efficient. And um, um, what do you call it? They make enough. Like the performance of them is good enough that they will use them in other cars. So like there were Lotuses, like British race cars that were using Toyota engines in the early 2000s um and other car makers and so it's kind of funny seeing it go the other way around now now you got a, a japanese car maker that's known for making reliable and just rock solid motors going to a german manufacturer to do that for them now what's the deal with this stupid uh cyclops belly button flashlight on the back of the car it reminds me of one of those gem trolls do you remember those things from the nineties? Where the diffuser is on the bottom. It looks it looks like one of those trolls with the kind of wispy, uh, brightly colored hair with a gem on their stomach. And sometimes it might you be could, the like, brake light. You move the arm and it sparks in the gem. There's a rear reverse light on the back of these cars. There's a lot of these newer cars that have this, and it's just this mono. Uh, oh, you're talking about the thing in the center underneath the license plate. Yeah. Yeah, it could be it could be the reverse light. It is. Because I've, yeah. I've seen it in other cars. Why would they do that? It's because they use LEDs and tail lamps and, and most headlamps on new cars now, and you can't get white LEDs to work in contrast with the red LEDs on the, the taillights. They're not bright enough and they're not big enough. So you need like a floodlight. You're better off just having like one big floodlight 
as the the reverse light. The problem with LEDs. The problem with LEDs for lights too is it drives up the cost of the the lamps themselves like dramatically. And there's multiple points of failure now. Before it was you the bulb all you had was a bulb. So you had you had um halogen bulbs, which is like the traditional headlamps and, and taillights for cars. Then you move to uh like xenon which was better it was brighter and they they lasted longer but when they finally died out they cost a shit ton to to replace now you have leds where they're supposed to last longer but there's so many other components that go with them that if one of those other components breaks well the whole unit's dead now and then you got to replace it so it it ends up costing a lot more money and uh they look cool though. I like the whole tele. Have you seen those telegraphing LEDs for like when they have a turn indicators on? I think the Mustang was the first car to really do that. The, at least that I knew of, where or you would have your the turns- direction that you're going. It, it like it telegraphs the direction. Like they kind of go in sequence. So yeah. like if you got like a right turn on or your left turn on, and there's three parts of the LED, it would go from the inside to the outside in succession. So you could do cool stuff like that with them. But um, they're trying to make the because the LEDs can run really bright, at least for red. So they try and make the lights smaller because it looks better from a design standpoint. This thing though, I don't like the way it looks. I think it looks extremely feminine. Uh, it looks like a Mazda Miata. Yeah, it's too feminine, and I don't like the fact that it's got a BMW motor and a BMW drivetrain in it. So you're taking what would have been the best aspect of the car, which is the Toyota motor, because they're super reliable and they make a lot of power and you can do a lot with them, to putting in this motor that's overly engineered, that's going to have problems down the line, and it's going to ruin the notion of the perceived reliability that you would have had from owning a Toyota. Because if you're going to spend $55,000 on a Toyota, why not just spend $55,000 on a Mercedes or an Audi or a whatever, you know? If it's going to have the same reliability, because it's going to be a German car underneath it, why not just buy another German car? And then, like, then you got to have, now they got to train Toyota technicians to be able to work on this thing, you know? So you're going to have a bunch of Toyota technicians that suddenly now have to be able to work with BMW parts and BMW engine designs. It's, it's kind yeah. of a strange... I don't know why they did this. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean, I'm kind of glad that they did because they're still... They're trying to uh, resurrect their past, I guess. But, like, see, this is the... If you look at the original one, the uh, well, not the original, the the one that was the last one, which is the uh, I think they made it ninety four to ninety nine. Like you look at this thing, it looks much more masculine than the old one, or than the new one. I'm sorry. What was that James Bond car that was kind of the BMW that was like the Mazda Miata? 
Well, there were several of them. There was the Z3, and then there was the... Uh, uh, I think it was Z8. Yeah, the Z8. Yeah. Well, the Z3 was the real small one. Yeah, that's the one. Channel, that's Nate, the, uh, link to kbb.com. The, the last one. Uh, BMW Z3. Yeah. Well, the Z4 is what the new Supra is based on, the platform. That's the same BMW platform. I like the Z3. The Z3 was a cool car. You don't see them anymore because they're all broken. Or salvaged. <laughs> I can't maintain a car conversation. The HomeKit you, stuff. Yeah, yeah. What uh, pissed you off about HomeKit? Why is there a five to ten, five to ten second delay on turning on stuff a lot of the time? And it seems like it's the first time you use it when you reconnect to the network. So like you'll, so you'll you'll leave your you'll leave your wherever you're at. And then you'll come back and then you'll turn on your lights from the HomeKit app and it'll just sit there and you'll have a spinning circle, you know, and then it'll eventually come on. A lot of time it'll say it's updating too. I don't know what that means because it's just trying it to get its current state. I think that there's, well, I know there's a little tiny operating system in each one of those light bulbs. And who knows what it's doing during the day, but it must go into some kind of sleep and it's not pinging as often to say, or receiving pings as often. I don't know. This is my guess. And, uh, this is why I don't think you should, uh, ever have any type of switch or button that triggers the lights to turn on because they don't work like normal lights. There's any number of things that could go wrong or one light will just ignore you. So it's better to just have uh, time-based or location-based or some kind of event-based triggers to get the lights to achieve a certain state so that you never interact with them, which is kind of the whole point of having a computerized lighting system anyway or computerized anything, uh, power switch, whatever. When I leave my place, I don't have to think about anything. I just walk out. I pick up a bag, I walk out, the lights turn off, because I left the area, and when I arrive, by the time I'm near it, the lights have already turned on. So the lights have been on for like maybe five minutes by the time I'm home. Okay. If I arrived home and I had to push that button and sit there and wait for five seconds, that would drive me insane. So I just work around that delay. It's annoying because when you're coming into a dark room and you're trying to like get everything lit up. Yeah, you stub your toe every single time. Yeah, it's annoying. You're just setting yourself up for disappointment if uh, you're going to be turning them on and off like that. You'd be better off putting them on a hard switch because they'll turn on instantly once you apply power. But if you do it four times, you now have to resync it. Right. Or was there a delay? Because you were asking me how to reset those... uh, Sylvania, Sylvania, whatever you call them, light bulbs. Uh, if I turn them off from the switch on the wall, it's instant. Well, almost instant. It's like half a second. Yeah, well, but killing the power to them, so you just have to wait for the capacitor to drain. 
Yeah. So when I was turning them off and on, I think it was four times to get them to reset. It was pretty quick, but it's the only times it's taken a while is from the HomeKit app. I should probably try it from the actual app, like the Sylvania app. See if I can control them that way through it and compare. It's not going to make a difference. I don't even know if that app lets you turn them on. I know it lets you do firmware updates. The firmware updates helped a little bit, but uh, maybe it it helped a little bit and then it decreased the frequency at which I had issues. But basically, I don't interact with them at all now. It's all automated. As long as you have a location associated with the home that you've registered those lights with, when you set up an automation for the first person to arrive, you just tell all your lights to turn on. But if you put what well, I would it works do for you where you're living at, but it doesn't work for me. So well, we could discuss it off the off there. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure you can get that to work. I don't know where your lights are. Maybe you have them in like a common area, which would be. Uh, you just they're have all in, they're all just in the bedroom right now. Yeah, well, you can program it to do a lot of different things. Bedroom and attached bathroom. <clears throat> yeah, let's do that right now. I'll uh, wrap up the show. Okay. Bringyourwallet.com. Oh, by the way, you're in the uh, password leak. But we've been over that. It's the same accounts. Bringyourwallet.com slash donate to support the show. And see you next week. Uh if you want the link to get that magnet link, I'm probably not going to put it in the show notes. I'm not sure yet. Uh, bringyourwallet.com slash contact. I'll send it to you there. You can also join the chat room. I know somebody tried to. I invited them. If they're listening, you can join. Nobody really talks in there. See you next week. Sayonara.